Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Amen. Okay, church, so we need to start our study with the two questions that I gave you before, okay? The first question is, what is communion? And why do we observe it? So let's break down the first question. What is communion? We take communion. We do this. Now, here's what we need to understand. Unlike baptism, okay, so baptism should be a one-time event, but it's not always a one-time event, okay? There are times when you, when you were baptized at maybe 8 years old or, or 10 years old or 12 years old, and, and then you've fallen away for a while. You go, I want to be baptized again. That's cool, okay? It's just a, it's a renewing. But baptism is a one-time event, but where communion, guys, is a practice that's meant to be observed over and over throughout your life as a believer, okay? Notice I said as a believer. It's a whole, now listen, it's a holy time of worship when we corporately come together as one body to remember and celebrate what Jesus did for us. That's what we do. You see, sometimes we rush into it and we, I gotta take communion and, okay, we're gonna do this. But, but, but when we really understand it, guys, we come and we go, man, it's a, it's a holy time of worship. I'm afraid that the church today has lost its holiness. I'm afraid we've gotten to the place where we're so busy and we're doing stuff and we're, we got, and we, we sort of add church into the mix. And we sort of forget how precious and holy and anointed the times. I mean, think about that last song, I'm broken. How many of us are walking around going, I'm not broken, I'm good, man, I feel good. I'm, but, I'm, but inside we're really broken. And that's, that's really what, what this time is about. And, and he says, okay, okay. So as so we come, guys, as we come to the table tonight, it's important we understand what communion is and what it represents. Listen, listen the way Paul explains it like this, okay? This is going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 10. You don't have to turn there, but if you do, it's just a couple of pages to the left. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and he says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Question mark. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, through though many, are one bread and one body, for all partake of that one bread. And you go, Ben, what is Paul saying? Well, let me unpack it like this. If you're taking note, you can circle the word for communion, or you can write it down somewhere else, because the word communion, it, 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 it's explained like this. It's a partnership. For example, it's participation... Social intercourse to communicate, communion, distribution, and fellowship. Fellowship. That's what the word means. So when Paul says, listen, is it not, this is the communion, is it not the, and he, and he goes, okay, so, so what do these words mean? Well, the first thing we understand is it's a partnership. You go, Pastor, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, a partner is a person who takes part in undertaking with another, right? Or others. It's a partnership. So we have to understand that's first and foremost. Number two, it's fellowship. It's fellowship. It's a lot deeper. It's a group of people meeting to pursue a shared interest or aim. That's what he's saying. When we come together, it's a partnership. It's fellowship. It's an intense. Remember, it's it's a social sort of intercourse that we feel together. 
Why is this important? Because guys, because we come and we come to the table and we come to church and we go, it's Wednesday and we lift up our hands and praise the Lord. Okay, well, oh, I like the songs. I didn't know the songs. Okay, amen. Pastor, hurry up because it's Wednesday night. We've got work to do tomorrow and we got a lot of stuff and we miss what God has for us. And let me tell you this, a hundred years from now, a hundred years from now, you're going to wish that you had the sweet time of fellowship with Jesus and not be rushed in everything we do. We we don't have that time, and we've got to make that time. We thought that with the Internet and with the information age and all of this that we'd have more time, but it's actually crunched our time, too. We don't, we're just busy. We're busy. And so he says, okay, okay, so so we have this fellowship. Now listen to the way Paul puts it. When he writes in, in Philippians chapter 3, 8 through 10, listen to this. He says, yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellent in the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, whom I've suffered loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, Paul writes, which is a form of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which which is from God by faith. Verse 10 is key. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Now, remember what Paul is trying to communicate to the Philippians. Guys, he said, now this this is what communion is all about. Number one, that I may know him. Everybody say know him. Do you know him? Do you know him in that intimate, sweet fellowship? Do you know him? You see, here's the thing. A lot of people know about God. They know facts on God. They know the word of God. But do they know him? In the funeral that I attended today, the preacher said, there's a lot of people who love Jesus, but that's not enough. That you got to know him. Paul says you got to know him. And number two, do you know the power of his resurrection? Do you know the power of his resurrection? Guys, that's the gospel. You see, the problem is, if you remember on our, in our Corinthian study, you remember that the, the Corinthians didn't understand the gospel. The message of the cross was foolish. They didn't get it. Why? Because the gospel is so powerful. It's so anointed that, guys, it's going to heal those that are broken. It's going to take those wounds. It's going to take those wounds and you're going to heal them up. That's what the gospel is going to do. It's going to do it spiritually, emotionally. It's going to do those things. It's going to get us to the place where we don't need to be validated by people because we're validated by the God who loves us. That's the gospel. But but do we know that power? Oh, no, we don't know that power because we're walking in this world anemic. We're walking hungry. We're walking thin. Why, why, God, why don't I have your power? Because we miss the gospel. We miss the, the power of the cross and the resurrection. And God's no, no, does he, I want, Paul says, no, 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 I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. And the Bible says the same, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same spirit that rose you lives in you. He gives you the power to overcome. He gives you the power to run like Joseph. When Joseph was caught in the middle of, of something he didn't want to be in, he's like, I am out of here. And he booked it, man. He's out the door, right? Potiphar's wife's going after him. Oh, look what you did to me. And he's like, no, no, no. How can I do this wicked thing and sin against? God gave him the power. It's the power of the resurrection. When we sin, church, we step into it. 
We walk into it. We want to do it because he's given us the power. He also says, and he says this, not only am I going to know the powers, but I'm going to have fellowship, right? Fellowship. That's communion. I'm going to have fellowship of his sufferings. Now, that's where a lot of people go, I'm out. Listen, I'm going to love Jesus. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to put a Christian bumper sticker on my car. I'm going to wear the T-shirt. But when it comes to suffering like Jesus, because we don't like to suffer. I don't. I don't like to suffer. It hurts. But the suffering, guys, is so beautiful because it draws you into a beautiful, close position with God. You know him like other people. Listen, listen, my wife suffered. She suffered through the cancer, through the chemo, through the through the nights where she didn't know if she was going to live. Guys, this is serious. I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, I, I've got a bump. I mean, this was like, hey, you could die. But she knows God in a way that's so amazing because she knows she knows. And sometimes we suffer. We suffer with a physical disease or we just suffer emotionally or we just suffer. And, 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 and the problem is, is that, is that that's what we want to have. We want to have fellowship with him. You see, because when he died on the cross, it wasn't, it wasn't just a simple, okay, see, they, that's where they invented the word excruciating because the pain was so excruciating. And my Jesus looked at this night and he saw every one of you and he said, I love you so much. I'm willing to die this pain to experience this. That's what Paul's saying. Do we have that same fellowship? And what? And he says, and be conformed to his death, to be conformed. I think that's both physically and spiritually. Why? Because here's the thing. I want to be conformed to his death. Ben Martinez has to die. I don't know if you understand that. I have to die in order so God can be glorified. We have to die. That's what Paul is saying to the Philippians. And that's what communion is, guys. Communion is knowing him. It's knowing the power of his resurrection. We understand the fellowship of his sufferings, and we're being conformed. We're being conformed. That's what communion is. Listen to me. If you're taking notes, you jot this down. Communion is a spiritual intimacy we have with each other and with God. I don't know if you know that. It's with each other. It's a spiritual intimacy. And so now we got to check our hearts. How's my intimacy? Because I'll tell you what, listen to this. If your intimacy with God is off, your intimacy with people is going to be off. You're not going to draw close to people. You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to keep them at arm's length. You're going to, hey, no, 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 no. But when you're in a true spiritual relationship with the God that loves you, then you're going to just be so, you're, you're going to see his people and you're going to see them for who they are. And you're going to say, man, we're family. And somebody goes, yeah, Ben, but we're misfits. I love it. When are we going to get off this kick that, that, that church is perfect? We're not. We're the biggest bunch of misfits, and don't you have a song called Misfits or something like that? Oh, okay, well, you need to write one, because we're a bunch of misfits and strangies and weirdos, and but that's what God says, but I love you, and we're family, 
your family. Listen, how are we going to get along in heaven with each other if we can't get along down here? How are we going to do that? God says, okay, okay, okay. So it's a spiritual intimacy. Everybody got that? So the second question, we need to hurry. Why do we observe it? Why do we observe it? First Corinthians chapter 11, you guys should already be there. Picking it up in verse 23, Paul writes, For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night which he was betrayed, took bread. Okay, so the first thing we need to understand is we come to the communion table. Why? Because the Lord told us to, and we are to obey his commands. Okay, what do you mean? Well, look at verse 24. It says, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Everybody help me do this in remembrance of me. Do this. So it's a command. It's something that we need to do. Okay. Now, the second thing we need to do when we come to the communion table is we need to remember Christ in all that he has done for us in this life, his death and resurrection. Look at verse 24 again. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, right? Do this, how? In remembrance of me. In remembrance of me. Our brains work in such a crazy way that when we're about to take communion, we're thinking about the day's work, we're thinking about what we're going to have for dinner, we're thinking about this, we're thinking about that, and we don't quite remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we need to be focused on him. We need to be tuned in. We need to be dialed in on that, guys, and that's what he says. Think about it. And when we come to the communion table, look with me at verse 28, right? We have to take time to examine ourselves. First Corinthians eleven twenty eight says, But let a man examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink the cup. That is so important. We come because we need to examine our hearts. You see, if you were living back in Jesus' day, okay, they didn't have sidewalks like we have today. They didn't have cement. They they walked with sandals and they walked in a dusty road and it was it was trashy and it was yucky. And what happened, guys, is that as you walked, some dirt and junk and other stuff I won't mention would get on your feet. And you would come in and and you had to wash your feet. You had to let a man examine. Oh, I'm dirty. I'm dirty. Walking in the world, guys, we get dirty. Going to school, we get dirty. How so? Man, you, you, you know what? You're, you're out there and you want to, you want to be a good witness for Christ and you got friends that are not Jesus lovers and they're not Christians and they, they want to pull you a different way and they want to tell you dirty jokes and they say, hey, let me look at my phone and they want to show you all kinds of stuff and you're just like, dude. And it's that peer pressure. And we get dirty and we go, okay, so now I'm coming to church and, Oh, Lord, clear my mind. And he says, listen, what you got to do is take a moment to examine yourself before you come and eat the bread. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. When we come to the communion table, guys, notice this. We're also proclaiming his death until he comes. And this is a statement, and I think Jeremy used it, faith. This is a statement of faith. Why? Look at verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, what are you guys doing? You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's what you're saying. Well, who are you saying it to? Well, communion is so intimate. It's so wonderful. It's so, it's not a show. 
And you're coming, you're going, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm proclaiming the Lord's death to me, and he's coming back for me. It was Joe that said the other day as we, as they were working, I was supervising, but they were working and he said, here's what we need, we need to remember to do. We need to remember to help me church plan our lives like Jesus isn't coming back for a hundred years, but we need to live our lives like he's coming back in the next five seconds. That's how we need to live. We plan. We go to school. We go to college. We get a good job. We try to provide for our family. You realize that, right? But you realize that God gives you jobs so that you can, you can support missionaries and that so you can bless the church. And that's why God gives you an income. It's not for me, 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 me. It's all me. I'm going to hoard it up. That the Bible is clear. We, we have jobs and God blesses us so we could give and bless others. We can bless others. And so that's what you're proclaiming. So that's when we come. That's when we come. That's what Paul is saying. Okay? So with that in mind, I want to examine three principles pretty clearly as we observe fellowship and intimacy with God. Three principles, okay? When we approach the table tonight, here's what we should do. If you're taking out, jot this down. The very first thing we should do is look within. Look within. Paul is teaching the Corinthian church about communion. And so what does he say? In verse 23, he says, For I received, right, from the Lord that which I delivered to you. Okay, so the first thing we understand is that Paul didn't just make this up. He received it from the Lord. This is from the Lord. Now, it either came to Paul through the Lord, either personally on the road to Damascus, or maybe while he was sitting blind for three days. I don't know. Or... The apostles, right, told them this is what we're going to do, right? Well, what what are we going to do? That the Lord Jesus, on the same night which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take this. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, the word bread there, in taking of the bread, we're also called to remember Jesus' body broken for you. I mean, think about it, guys. Think about this for a second, and it makes us cry. Think about when they whipped my Lord with a cat of nine tails. We were at the place, weren't we? Did you go there? Did you go? I mean, wasn't that just, it just, Every time Nathalie, I mean, the moment we go down, down to the praetorium, I mean, boom, she just, she just starts about, this is right, I mean, right there. And they ripped the shreds, the shreds, the, the shreds of muscle. And, and I mean, I mean, think about it, guys. It's, it was broken for you. That's why communion is such a spiritual intimacy. That's why, that's why Paul says, hey, make sure that you're a believer before you take this. Listen, at Calvary, we have open communion as long as you're part of the body of Christ. But if you are a non-believer, don't take this. This is, this is for, 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 I mean, he's, he's going to talk about this. He's going to talk about this. He says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. Now, while the Lord's Supper doesn't look back or does look back at what Jesus did on the cross, 
but it also looks forward to what? To the coming of Jesus. We, we talked about that. But you go, Ben, but you said look within. What are we supposed to look with? Well, look within our own hearts. Because in verse 27, he says, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat the bread and drink the cup, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. You go, Ben, 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 help me. What's an unworthy manner? Well, Paul is writing to the Corinthian Christians to treat the Lord's Supper with reverence and to practice it with a spirit of self-examination. So, well, Ben, help me out. Okay. Make sure that an unworthy manner, you need to make sure that we're what? That you're saved. You need to make sure, first and foremost, that you're saved. But an unworthy manner, we need to make sure, guys, that we're not harboring sin. We're not harboring bitterness towards someone. Paul says, eat and drink in an unworthy manner and drinks judgment to himself, discerning the Lord's body. We have to make sure. Now you go, well, Ben, that's it. And I've seen this happen. I've seen people go, oh, well, that's not, I'm, I'm not going to take communion because, man, you know what? My, if, I, if I got my hands on my boss today, man, he just really, I'm just so angry with him. He might talk about your wife or, or, I mean, guys, we don't even think about, we don't even think about, uh, the fight that you had coming to church between a husband and wife and you walk in here and you say, how you doing? Oh, praise the Lord. Everything's great. And you sit down, but you're, you're angry inside. That happens a lot. But think about bitterness. Think about anger. Think about all these things. But Paul wants to make sure, he says, now now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Listen closely. See, this is not written with the thought of excluding you from the table. It's actually written in preparing our hearts to receive with the right heart. So he's not going, oh, Jeremy and Casey, you guys had a big fight. Okay, well, don't take it. That's not for you. Shame on you. He says, no, they're, they're listening here and they're going, Okay, so I need to get right. I got baby, baby. I'm baby. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm such a. Will you please? Oh, I'm sorry too. I shouldn't have yelled at you, and I shouldn't have thrown you with that McDonald's cup. I was just real sad, and so, Amen. And so, and so, right? They're preparing. They're preparing their hearts, and that's what we do before the Lord. That's what we're doing before the Lord, and that's what He wants us to do. Now, an unworthy winner, guys. Seriously, listen, listen to me. Because people are so good at doing this, and you know that putting on the mask, putting on the mask, we're, we're trying to be something, we're, we're acting like somebody we're not. We're trying to be somebody we're not. And, and he says, no, 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 Here, here's the deal. Examine yourself again. Check your heart. Make sure you're worthy of what Jesus did. But an honest appraisal to see. If we receive communion, are we conducting ourselves in a way that's honoring to the Lord? You see, what'll happen is that right after, sir, right, right, right as, as the worship team comes back up, we're going to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to, this gives you a song to prepare your heart. So you can go, okay, Lord, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? So we need to examine, guys. We need to remember. We need to look within. We need to confess anything that's in there. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. You go, what, Ben, what else should we do? The second principle, guys, as we observe fellowship and intimacy with God, is we need to look back. Look back. Say goodbye to Corinthians and turn over to Exodus chapter 12. 
Because Moses is teaching in the Passover, Exodus chapter 12, picking it up in verse 25. It says, and it will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised that you will keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? So Moses is giving us the principle to live by. Remembrance is looking back at what God has done. When you enter the land which God will give you as he promised, he says, keep doing this. When your children come to you and say, what is this about? Okay? To recap, the exodus was always fresh in the mind of children. Hey, you won't believe this. You won't believe this. And when it comes to Passover, guys, when it comes to communion, this is why we do what we do. You go, what do you mean? Take a moment to look back in your lives and reflect on the goodness of God. We live in such a negative world. Can I get an amen? That we're always so negative that we forget how wonderful God is. How, he, how he's blessed us. And how he loves us. And all that he's done. And you go, Ben, I'm not sure what we do. Well, here's a good thing, guys. I mean, take a moment. Have a heart of thankfulness and thanksgiving, offering forgiveness to those who offended us. You go, well, Ben, how would I do that? Well, let me give you just a quick idea. You know, is a journal is a good idea. In a journal, write down what God has done and his faithfulness and how he's provided for you. It's just a good way to go back and think like God's protection. Man, sometimes we're running late, right? How many of you ever run late and you think, I'm not going to make it? And you're frustrated, but God is protecting you from something. But we never do that. No, we never go in, huh, I was late, amen, praise God, whatever. I don't know, there could have been an accident. Now, I don't encourage you to be late, right, Brother Joe? 15 minutes early is on time. Amen. But if you happen to be running late, Thank the Lord. Okay, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I mean, you know when it's not, when it's out of your control. You know that, right? You know when it's like, I hit every green, every red light, and even the green lights turned red right as I got up to them. What is going on? And God's going, no, no, I got you. I got you. And then you're going, okay, no more lights. And then the little old lady gets in front of you. Okay, little old man. Sorry, Beverly. You're looking at me like, why does it have to be an old lady? Little old man gets in front of you, and he's, Driving like this, right? And you're just like, really? Are you serious? But, but God knows, doesn't he? And you think about that. You think about that. Guys, we need, to, we need to remember God's protection, but we also need to remember God's providence, how he provides for us. Isn't that a funny thing? Isn't that a funny thing? How when we're hungry, we can open the fridge and there'll be tons of food. And the only thing that comes out of our mouth is, there's nothing to eat. We don't have anything to eat, right? My wife, she is amazing, but she always gets on to me because I'll say, there's nothing to eat. I'm going to the store. And she looks at the same fridge. She goes, there's tons of stuff to eat. I'm going to the store. What are we saying? There's nothing I want to eat in here. I want something else. Just me? Y'all leaving me up here hanging, right? Thanks. 
Thanks, Paul. Appreciate you. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. Think about it. Think about it. God provides for that, doesn't he? I mean, you may have five bucks in your pocket, and, uh, and he provides. And we're thanking him for that. We're thanking him for that. Third principle, real quick. Look forward. Say goodbye to Exodus. Go over to Luke 22, chapter 7. Then the day came, Dr. Luke writes, the day of unleavened bread, and the Passover must be killed. And he and Peter and John saying, go prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So they said to him, where do you want it to prepare? And he said to them, behold, when you have entered a city, a man you will meet carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him to the house he enters. (laughs) Don't you think that's a little crazy, a little creepy too? Right? Here's a guy carrying water going, why are these two dudes following me, man? It's like, right? He's following me. And they follow him inside the house. And they're like, "Um, what did I say? The teacher says, right? Where is the guest room that we made the Passover with my disciples? And then he'll show you a large furnished upper room. There, make ready. So they went, they found it, just as he had said, and he prepared the Passover. And when the hour had come, he sat down, the twelve apostles with him. And then in verse 15, he says, Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you, the communion. He says, Before I suffer. Everybody see that? For I say to you, I will no longer eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of of God's. In other words, what Jesus is saying is you have no idea how much I have looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you before I enter my time of suffering. He says, it's going to be the last one until we eat it together in the kingdom. Until we eat it together in the kingdom. Guys, we are all looking forward to that day when we're in heaven fellowshipping with God. And then it tells us, and he says, he took the cup, he gave thanks. Take this cup and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Not me. Jesus was looking forward to a time when we're all going to be in heaven celebrating together. Listen, and and I understand, guys, I understand. You got young kids in here. They're not thinking about heaven. They got their whole life. They're thinking about, okay, we got a game this weekend. Or, you know, but they're here in Bible study. But, But eventually... They're going to go, okay, okay. And we need to, we need to look forward. We need to look forward. I think for some of you guys, you're fighting a hard battle in life right now. Every day you wake up, it's a battle. Things always seem to be going wrong. Relationships seem to be broken. Hearts are cut. Emotions are raw. But listen, for the believer, listen to me, this is as bad as it gets. This is as bad as it gets. Right? Looking forward, things are bigger and brighter, and heaven is one day closer. Pastor Self, every June, 
I text him on his birthday. Happy birthday, brother. You know, and he always tells me, amen. Thank you for another year. One day closer to Jesus. That's really, should, that should be our heart, right? One day closer. The, 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 the preacher said today that it would be cruel for us to have granny come back. Why would we want to bring her back to, well, we miss them, right? We miss people, but, but it would be, man, when you get to heaven and, and it really, it made me think of what Solomon said. If you're reading the Bible with us, I mean, Solomon said, you know, in Ecclesiastes, it's better to go to a funeral, right? Than to a barbecue. And it made me realize. It, it, it hit me close to home because, I mean, I, I remember burying my father just a few years back. And of course, with Nathalie, I mean, she, I often thought about that. Am I going to be burying my wife? Is this cancer going to take her? What, what's going to happen? And of course, I'm stomping my foot saying, no, don't take my wife. But if God did, why would I want her back here? So we made a rule where we can't go unless we go together. That's just the rule. I mean, in the rapture. So, uh, so Jesus told us, guys, and you guys can come back up. Je- Jesus told us. Jesus told us the next time I eat this, I'm going to eat it with you in heaven. And he's going to come back for us, and we're going to have we're going to have such a beautiful marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to be amazing. But while we're still on earth, guys, we do this. We're going to look within. Okay, we're going to look back and thank him for all the blessings, even the hardships. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, give me one more minute of your time. There was a time when I thought, if I could go back in time, I would want to go back to a certain age, and then I can for I, I with the same main, same mind, everything. Would I, would I forego all of the troubles? Lisa shaking her head. No, why? Because the troubles and the sufferings, and the hurts and the pains have made you who you are today. If you didn't go through any of that, what would you be like? You see, so who you are today is exactly who God wants you to be. Growing in Him. So here's what I want you to do. Take a moment in this next song. Look within. Look back. And then just remember, one day, Lord, we're going to be with you forever. Father, we thank you for your word tonight and the truth in your word. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. 
Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.